Welcome to Mexico Unexplained, where we will explore the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. This series presents information based partly on theory and conjecture. The podcaster's purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only ones to the subjects we will examine. Here is your host, Robert Bitto. Welcome, and muy bienvenidos to episode number 210 of Mexico Unexplained where we examine the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. I'm your host, Robert Bitto. The year was 1831. Irish-born Juan Galindo, not yet 30 years old, was traveling along the jungle-lined Usumacinta River. When he got to a severe bend in the river, he noticed hills covered in vegetation and crumbling building stones. His indigenous scouts told him that the place was once the home of a famous ancestor called Bol Menche, but no one knew the name of the lost city. Galindo explored the ruins. As a naturalized citizen of the young Republic of Central America and the military ruler of the Paten region of what is now Guatemala, Galindo took extensive notes on any and all ruins he encountered during his various trips throughout his administrative area. The ruins in the bend of the river located today in the Mexican state of Chiapas were later named Yaxchilan by 20th century archaeologists, which means green stones in a local Maya dialect. After the Maya writing system was deciphered to a great extent beginning in the 1950s, the emblem glyph of the site was understood to be read as Siyajchan, or Skyborn in English. The Skyborn city was said to be the capital of a small kingdom called Pachan, or Broken Sky. Juan Galindo wrote about this city, now known as Yashchilan, in several articles and letters, with one of his articles published in the London Literary Gazette. In the early 1830s, there were many wild theories around about the origins of the people who built the mysterious cities that lay in ruin in the jungles of Mexico and Central America. Through his observations of Maya art, carvings, murals, pottery, decorations, etc., the young military ruler was the first to conclude that the ancestors of the people currently living in the area were the ones who built these once great cities. This was obvious to him because the current population looked identical to those depicted in the ancient artwork. Galindo would have many more ruined sites to explore and many more theories to ponder as the Republic of Central America granted him one million acres of land in what is now northern Guatemala and Belize. He had a tenuous hold over this claim, though, because some of the land grant overlapped with territorial claims of British Honduras and the Central American Republic would only let Galindo keep the land if he could settle it and pacify the hostile Lacandon Maya. Juan Galindo went to England to try to iron out his land dispute with the British, but that went nowhere, and he had no clear title to a big chunk of his million acres. He returned to Central America and resumed his role as a military leader, eventually dying in 1840 during a civil war in the Republic. Galindo left behind many written observations about the various ruins he surveyed, including the first written accounts of Yashchilan mentioned earlier. As he was a keen observer of the human form represented in Maya art, 
he was the first to make note of the seemingly powerful female figures in the many carvings throughout Yashchilan. Today we know these ancient Maya queens as Lady Pakal, Lady Shok, and Lady Evening Star. Unlike Aztec civilization, which was intact when the Spanish arrived, classic Maya civilization, known for its magnificent art and architecture, mysteriously ended centuries before Europeans arrived in the New World. Fortunately, the ancient Maya had very sophisticated writing and calendar systems, which, when combined with beautiful illustrations, tell the tales of kings and queens and exotic happenings from a time long ago. For a detailed exploration of the Maya writing system, please see Mexico Unexplained, episode number 16. With the decipherment of Maya writing, scholars have been able to piece together elaborate histories of this complex jungle society. With most Maya glyphs interpreted, researchers have a clearer picture of the lives of the rulers of these ancient kingdoms. Carved on monuments throughout their cities, Maya rulers celebrated their victories over other city-states and described important milestones or events in their reigns to further legitimize their rule in the eyes of their subjects. The archaeological site of Yashchilan is especially rich in dynastic history, with inscriptions going back to the city's founding in the year 359 AD under King Yopat Balam I and going unbroken to the reign of a king known to scholars as Kinich Tatbu Skull III. Kinich Tatbu Skull III was the 17th and last king of Yashchilan. The last inscription with his name on it at this site dates to 812 AD. Among the long line of kings at Yashchilan, we see some of the most powerful female rulers the Maya world had ever seen. While various consorts of kings and other female relatives merit passing mention on the city's monuments, the first woman of notable prominence is known as Lady Pakal. This woman is not related to, nor should she be confused with, Lord Pakal, or Pakal the Great from the city of Palenque. The word Pakal means shield in the local Maya dialect, so in English this queen would have been known as Lady Shield. Apparently, she was from a very wealthy and powerful local family. Modern people would say that Lady Pakal also had good genes. The noble queen died in the year 705 AD, after reaching her 98th birthday. She would pass these good genes on to her son, King Shield Jaguar, who would live to his mid-90s, ruling Yashchilan for over 60 years. The long life of Lady Pakal could not have been without enormous influence on the city's politics. In perhaps one of her biggest political moves, Lady Pakal ensured that one of her female relatives, perhaps a younger sister or cousin, married her son, Shield Jaguar, the heir to the throne. This influential Maya woman's name was Lady Shok. The story of Lady Shok, Queen of Yashchilan, is illustrated on what is known as Structure 23 in the heart of the civic ceremonial center of the city. A series of carved lintels, or supports above building entrances, demonstrate to the world Lady Shok's importance in this powerful jungle kingdom. She is shown in several scenes engaging in ritualistic and ceremonial practices at this building. 
The depiction of a female as the principal participant in ritual is extremely rare to see in ancient Maya art, and this is why researchers believe that Lady Shock was one of the most important female nobles in the Maya world. The carvings on Building 23 of this famous queen were most likely highly political in nature. Lady Shock was King Shield Jaguar's first wife, but not the mother of his successor. The queen did not bear him any sons, or at least none who survived to rule the kingdom. The marriage to Lady Shock did solidify Shield Jaguar's place on the throne, however, because she came from the most influential family at Yashchilan. In their book, A Forest of Kings, The Untold Story of the Ancient Maya, Maya scholars Linda Sheely and David Freidel theorized that even though Lady Shock would not bear the king a son to succeed him, King Shield Jaguar wanted to show publicly that Lady Shock was still important so as to appease her powerful family. It must have worked, because even though Shield Jaguar had other wives, including one who would bear him an heir, his rule lasted over 60 years and his reign was uncontested. The carved lintels depicting Lady Shock are some of the most spectacular examples of ancient Maya carvings yet known. On lintel 24, King Shield Jaguar holds a flaming torch above Lady Shock as she performs the important ritual of bloodletting by pulling a rope laced with stingray spines through a hole in her tongue. This carving has a date marking its dedication, October 28, 709. Another lintel shows Lady Shock holding the king's helmet and shield, helping Shield Jaguar prepare for an important battle. The carving known as Lintel 25 is perhaps the most curious and the most beautiful. It shows Lady Shock calling forth the Vision Serpent, which is rising from a bowl. The queen is shown looking at the serpent, and in its mouth emerges the first king of Yashchilan, Yopat Balam. Researchers believe that this king is Lady Shock's direct ancestor, and this is one of the reasons why she is engaging in a ritual reserved almost exclusively for noble Maya men. Maya historians also believe that Building 23, the site of these elaborate carvings, was the personal property of Lady Shock, as indicated by the structure's inscriptions. In the ancient Maya world, the main buildings of the civic ceremonial centers, such as Building 23, were said to belong to the gods and not to individual people. For some reason, this important building in the very center of Yashchilan was the personal property of the queen, which was unheard of in the Maya world. Researchers are at a loss to understand why, but it surely indicates this woman's important role in the kingdom's history. While Lady Shock would not produce an heir to the Yashchilan throne, Lady Evening Star would. The marriage of King Shield Jaguar to Lady Evening Star was an international affair. She was a princess, the daughter of the king of Kalakmul, a Maya city-state located over 100 miles to the northeast of Yashchilan. The marriage not only brought peace between the rival kingdoms of Yashchilan and Kalakmul, it produced the male heir that King Shield Jaguar needed. Lady Evening Star was in her early twenties, and the Yashchilan king was 61 years old 
When future King Bird Jaguar the Great was born, the queen kept close to her family, and her own brother would rule the kingdom of Kalakmul. With the death of King Shield Jaguar in his mid-90s, the son of Lady Evening Star was assumed to accede the throne of Yashchilan. But the history written on the stones shows the transition of power was difficult. For almost ten years, Yashchilan had either no king or several pretenders to the throne trying to take power. Some theorize that the city was a subject state of a neighboring kingdom during this power vacuum, and other theories have Lady Evening Star ruling as a kind of regent, holding the throne for her son. One can only imagine the politics involved here, or what position the queen was in as a foreigner at Yashchilan with few allies. The fact that Lady Evening Star was a princess from a foreign bloodline may have caused the old nobility of Yashchilan to question her son's right to rule. In the end, Lady Evening Star would never be a dowager queen, as she would die a few months before her son became king. The nature of her death is unknown, but she died at the age of 47 in the year 751. Her son, King Bird Jaguar, would rule Yashchilan from the years 752 to 768, a time of great prosperity for the city, with many monumental building projects completed during this time. Within a generation, though, the building would stop, and like so many other Maya city-states, Yashchilan would collapse and fade into obscurity. What's left is not just the crumbling buildings in the jungle, but bits and pieces of the fascinating stories of the people who live there. Many stories are yet to be told. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of Mexico Unexplained. Remember to like and subscribe to us on YouTube and follow us on Twitter. Tell your friends by sharing these shows with others. Please go to our website, MexicoUnexplained.com, for references, illustrations, and for free access to transcripts of past shows. Please visit Amazon.com to purchase the books Mexico Unexplained and Mexican Monsters to get hard copies of The Magic, The Mysteries, and The Miracles of Mexico. We appreciate your kind attention once again. Until next time, Thank you and gracias. Thank you for listening to another episode of Mexico Unexplained with host Robert Bitto. For show summary, relevant links and commentary, please check out our website at mexicounexplained.com. Like us on Facebook and be a part of the conversation. Adios and hasta la vista.